Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everybody and welcome to the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford. Also joining me in the podcast this week as usual, Robert Boyle. Robert, how are you doing, mate? Hi, okay, Ryan, for circumstances. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so obviously a bit of a world 24 hours to be a Celtic fan. Um, but this kind of podcast is obviously the reaction podcast regarding the game. And also joining us on the podcast is... Two guys from the Fitzman Happening podcast, um, very good podcast, guys. We'll get you the links to listen because they're very good, good bit of banter. Um, Fitzy and Beans, Beans, how's things, mate? Aye, good, mate. Thanks for having us on. Looking forward to it. Aye, it's good to, good to have you on also yourself, Fitzy. I'm very good, mate. Aye, personally, living the dream. <laughs> Celtic fan, no really. <laughs> Uh, it's, I think that for, for most days it's a bit of we're all right, but we're no all right. We're just going through the motions now. Um, obviously, he's one of your podcasts or services. Um, how did it actually start for you? Was it due to lockdown or was it just an idea you had to kind of get involved? In I, so we, we had a wee idea in, in lockdown to do it. And one late night, Beans put something up in Twitter and said, see if me and Fitz had done a podcast, what would we call it? And people put in some just some absolute nonsense. But somebody said, Fit's been happening podcast. And we're like, that's an absolutely tremendous name. So we kind of toyed with the idea for a wee while. Um, but Beans has done a bit of podcasting before, so he kind of knew what to do. So after the Euros, when we qualified, Beans is like, Fitzy, we need to do a podcast. We have to do a podcast. We've done a podcast and it was about three hours long. <laughs> So it was it was a learning experience. Um, we've done a few more, and then it came at the turn of the year. Lockdown got announced; it's going to be extended. And it was Beans was the driver. He's like, "Mate, let's do this a bit more proper. Let's do a weekly podcast. Let's get a wee bit of momentum going, and let's do it." And it's, it's been a very really good laugh, to be honest with you. I think I'm just kind of seeing me and Robert and all getting involved in the podcasting. It's as good and all, especially because he. Yours are different to yours. Obviously, yours is kind of general, and you get a bit of banter and stuff. It's which, and that's that's a really good listen. Um, so we're just obviously trying to keep it just kind of same. It's Celtic, but obviously serious. But a bit of banter, and I think Beans and all I've listened to a few. These are quite comical, and it is good to, especially during lockdown. I know a lot of people have not got a lot of things to listen to that are kind of good fun and lighthearted. And I think what you do, Beans, is quite good. I don't know how Fitz is talking about how it was a learning experience because he literally does absolutely no learning. He does nothing. He turns up, spouts nonsense, and then goes away, and then he'll text, but ah, you edited that yet? All right, cool. Have you done the graphics for that yet? Have you done this for that yet? Have you booked next week's guest in yet? I'm like, ah, no bother, mate. Um, 
But that's what I makes mean, that a learning say, experience, mate. I'm learning for you. <laughs> right. Um, nah, mate, it is really good. And being able, to, um, being able to do the podcast and get different people on and some of the guests we've had on so far and some of the guests we've got lined up for coming up as well, um, it's people that we're genuinely interested in talking to and finding out about and just having a bit of laugh with stuff. And it kind of actually brings a bit, um, bit, of pu- bit of purpose around your week as well, um, being able to actually look forward to it and, so what me and Fitz are going to spend most of the week talking about um, outside the usual nonsense. And then, um, aye, it's just it's quite fun. And um, I think we've already talked about taking it a bit more seriously as well because um, we're actually doing all right. And for some people, people are li- for some reason, people are listening and enjoying it. So, um, aye, it's been decent. That, I think most people can associate when... I'm not saying you talk shite because you don't, but when you're just in a oh, podcast... Oh, we do, mate. We definitely <laughs> do. It's quite a lot of shite. That's all right. <laughs> but, but you, get you talk about a shite, you talk about a partner, and you're, you're talking real, real stuff. And I think people yeah. actually, they tend to kind of bound into that more often than they do. Maybe if it's a bit more strategic, and they go, oh, I don't want to listen to that. You like listening to guys having a, a bit of partner, a bit of joke. And obviously, you're getting decent guests on Fitzy, which people can maybe relate to certain aspects of maybe, maybe their life that's... Been that, that was the thing that, like, I was saying to you before, there's quite a few Celtic podcasts and there's quite a lot of Celtic content and we could talk about Celtic all day, but I feel like there's there's enough going on. And I think during lockdown, I know for myself personally, I quite like if I'm working and I know it's a bit of a quiet day, I like a wee podcast on in the background and I don't want something too taxing. I just want people, just a bit of general boys having a bit of chat, just to, just to make a bit of noise in the background. So... Aye, that's kind of what we're, we're aiming at. But then we're trying to throw in a few extra things. Like we had um, Matt Zab cousin on from the Coalition Against Gambling Adverts. So it was something a bit more serious and something a bit more important. So we were we were really quite proud of that episode um, just because there's so much going on with gambling and gambling adverts that if it can get one person that doesn't fall into that trap, then we've done something good. No, definitely. I put a view when it comes to like, if it is drugs, alcohol, gambling, especially during lockdown, Mm-hmm. Uh, people might be doing it a lot more because obviously they're bored and a lot of times obviously we all know it's an illness and addiction but some people as well it's due to boredom um, yeah. but I tell, I, I tell you what though we were, we were doing the episode and I'm going this guy Matt's on he seems like a lovely chap and then it kind of came to the end of the podcast and Bean's tone just changed this this totally wee bit the podcast finishes and obviously you have a wee chat afterwards mm-hmm. and Bean's goes how's Jeremy Corbyn to the boy and I'm going that's a odd question I know he's a big Labour guy Podcuts off and he goes, mate, see that guy? That's Jeremy Corbyn's former spokesperson. <laughs> I'm going, what? I spent I spent five minutes saying uh, how I thought that Labour was dead in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, good. Mate, I don't even I don't even know. We just DM'd our page. I'm like, do you want to come on? Like what you have done is interesting. And then halfway through it, I'm like, he's like so well spoken and He's like, he's no missed a beat once. And I thought, I'm going to Google him. And I Googled him and I was like, oh my God, by the way, this guy's like Aye. top tier that we've got on. We didn't even know, which actually worked. I think that kind of worked in our benef- yeah. for our benefit because it kind of meant that we were a bit more at ease, thought we were just talking to some random guy, which helped us. Because if we'd have known that beforehand, we'd have probably maybe asked other questions. I'd have buckled me. Bottled that, I'd have buckled you. buckled you buckled but, time anyway. Uh, very good. It was quite good though. It's tea during the week. Uh, the boy, it's not quite good, he's a wink. Uh, during the week, the boy uh, tagged me on Twitter in an article that said Edward was going to Arsenal. And I was like, did I send him abuse or did I keep it, keep it civil? <laughs> I kept it civil. Because <laughs> obviously yourself, Robert, 
we us we're the same the right to listen to podcasts once we're more Celtic related, but I do like podcast myself and that's the way we're trying to make it ours Robert it's just people you can have relate to it and obviously as I say people might be working a wee bit of background noise and a bit of kind of right hearty banter definitely Ryan um, we try and make it like how you would do it in a pub we're trying to come across as just ordinary supporters voicing their opinions some good some bad some a lot of shit probably opinions <laughs> we don't know um but I really enjoyed it. I was so glad you asked us to date, Ryan. And in lockdown, it's been a godsend, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's like you do with your kids, do with your missus at night. I would rather do a podcast than watch crap on Netflix or play on my phone. So I'm really enjoying it, I And it's good to hear Beans and Fitz, um, how they got into their podcast, because we can obviously take small clips off them and say, that's a good thing, what they've done, and work on it, obviously because they're more experienced as on it. So it's really good to hear their opinions on their podcast and stuff. I think that's a good thing as well. With a lot of podcasts, they're not in the podcast world. You can actually, I know, you take me, you can take me tips, oh, he's done that, maybe we can do this. But again, you're not staying ideas. So it's good to mm-hmm. see what's out there. And I think that's, I think maybe due to lockdown as well, it's happened a wee bit more. People get involved in, as you say, guys, uh, it's something you're looking forward to. Being working mm-hmm. on the phone all the time, texting, look at this and do this and do that. And I think, Beans, it's it's good to get a lot of ideas, especially now. For maybe when lockdown's finished, you can actually do a lot more and you can get into maybe pubs or you can get into a studio and do a lot more. Aye, it's forced us to think outside the box. And even though it was a box that we, that we weren't in in the first place, um, we've created this idea. Well, we've not created the idea. Podcasts have always existed, but we've created <laughs> a podcast for that. I have reinvented podcasts actually. Um, <laughs> no, we've uh, obviously our podcast started during lockdown, and many have, and it kind of means that you're having to think outside the box in terms of how you can get people's attention. And there's a lot out there, and I think, like you said, that's the kind of trick is people. There's that much, you know. Every time you put the news on, it's draining. It's draining everywhere. Facebook, everything. Mm-hmm. It's just it's there's constant um, there's constant bad news and. It, I wouldn't even. It's not as if we give hope or anything in our podcast, but it just see if it can distract somebody for a wee bit. It's good, and I think um, where we're at and the pace that we're moving at, we didn't really expect to be there, and definitely didn't expect to be that that quickly. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's really good because me and Fitz are having conversations about right. Well, we'll wait till an announcement to see if restrictions ease because then we could get away with doing that, and then we could maybe try and do that, and then we could so. Um, I I'm really looking forward to when we're actually able to move into a space and actually do some other things. And um, I'll actually me and Fitz have never met actually. We've just right. done this through just Twitter pals from for a, for a while back. So um, looking forward to I'll never get round to Fitz's. Fitz's known me before lockdown. He never invited me for a pint. So I'm never actually going to meet. Him, eventually, mate. Eventually, podcast. I was washing my hair that day. <laughs> but I, I I can definitely agree when it comes to obviously taking bits and bobs and see if it gives somebody, if it is 10 minutes, even if, if you only listen to five minutes, it, a bit of kind of a light in their day, because obviously during lockdown, a lot of people can, they can't go and do a lot of stuff, and if it is listening to a podcast, and uh, maybe they kind of go away, or this is like a pub chat, this is kind of mm-hmm. good therapy, I think fits it's, a, it's definitely a good way to, as you say, it could help people, and if it gives somebody five minutes of joining life, then what happy days. It's, it's a good thing. I got a um, WhatsApp for a boy that I know after Twitter, uh, who runs the Kuala Lumpur CSC 
and he's sitting, I don't know if it was his, like his back garden or a cafe or a pub or something like that, but he's sitting with the podcast on in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> and he's, he's going, oh, there's a couple of English boys here, so I've got him listening to as well. I'm going, that's just that's just insane, Stephen. Like, it's one guy who follows me on mm. Twitter who, who has got it playing out there, but, you know, my voice is in Kuala Lumpur. That's, that's, that's all right for me. That's when you know you're made it, mate. Exactly, mate, aye. Then <laughs> <laughs> obviously, um, well, can I go to the game yesterday, Robert? Um, obviously, the lineup, um, one up front again, which we've spoken about in this, for me, is, we won't have been to fix the opinions only, but for me, I, I know maybe the 4 2 3 1 might suit us, but I don't like my man up front again, Edward up himself. I'll get medal to him. I, I didn't like the way he played. I had nice, some nice touches, but he's just not a guy that we are expecting. Um, obviously, Jay Forrest on the bench. What was your kind of opinions of the, of the, of the lineup, Robert, and obviously the, the game itself? I like a 4 2 3 1 if you've got two out and out wingers playing that can then support it as a three. But we've, no, we've not really had wingers all season, so I don't know why he went with that tactics in the first place. Um, Obviously, Elanousi can come in after left. But again, he's no an out-and-out winger. He's no going to stretch a game. I know he's looking for the two wing-backs to do that, but that's all right when you're under Brendan Rodgers, when you had Sinclair and Tierney down one side, Forrest and Lustig down the other side. I overlap and great. You're stretching games. And a few of the problems being all season is we've no had wingers. We really, if we can't get through a compact midline apart, well, we struggle. Because we've no width, we've no natural width, and the news the season's just going to float out on it. It's it's a hard hard watch. I mean, we had twenty two attempts, I think, at goal, but how many of them could you say is Seagrass pulled off a world class save? A lot of them were right at him. That's that's what I mean, mate. It's that's it's it's very very poor. Aye. It's like I'm not saying the players have literally gave up, but they seem to be total flabbergast. They seem to have lost everything they had. The fight, the desire, the hunger does not seem to be there now. It's just powder puff to me. If that's you know, my opinion on it. Mm. I, I thought some of the play was a bit better yesterday. So see in terms of like direction and a bit more competence on the ball, I, I thought we played a bit better than we have under Lennon. So you can see the, the John Kennedy coaching coming in. But I there's I think the we just don't know what formation we're playing. I wasn't sure whether or not it was Edward up front with two wingers or was Elinousi playing as a second striker and then you were playing this kind of half diamond in the middle. I think we played better, but I still don't think we found that shape. And like you say, we're, we're missing wingers. It's easy to mark us out the game if you've got if you've got wingers and then if you go into the finishing, 22, 24 shots on goal, that's just, you've got to score one of them. Aye, exactly. That's my opinion on it, mate. Definitely. But... I know this probably sounds bad, right? But in a way, I was glad with that point, sir. The name come to Celtic Park in two weeks to then clinch the title. I just, people might say, oh, you're talking shit. You know what I mean? But can you imagine they go to Celtic Park in two weeks needing a point and the beat mm-hmm. is there and then thousands of people turn up to Celtic Park? There could be mass riots. Like, I'm not saying it still might not happen, but Aye. I think it would have happened more if they were to go there and try and get a point or to beat you there, it could have been an absolute disaster. It was, it was only silver lining after the game for me. I think before the game, I've seen a few people saying, oh, if we don't pick up points here, then that's not too bad. I, I'm no for that. I wanted to win the game and I wanted yeah. to then go to Celtic Park and I wanted to beat them. But 
it's the yeah. only real silver lining. It's like, oh, right. hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully you it's, it's, lining. it's like getting stabbed instead of getting shot, mate. It's not that great, is it? That's a fair analogy, aye. It's a bad one, isn't it? What one do you want first? <laughs> Off yourself, Beans, what was your kind of thoughts as well? Your main man, Jay Forrest, was back in, the, um, back in the squad as well. Aye, I was over the moon to see him back. We've, we've missed him. I, I, I know he takes a lot of flack, and um, I'm sure if he grabbed a, a megaphone and ran into the crowd, he'd probably be a fan favourite with no questions asked. But for me, James Forrest has been one of our most important players, and he has been for years. You look at his record with Celtic, it's just under one of the two games he's contributing a goal and that's throughout his full career not like mm-hmm. in the last couple of years his best season that's his full career and you've got to remember some of those games he's been coming on his subs and whatever so um, I highly rate him but I, in terms of the game overall I think we started um, I wouldn't say we started amazing but we started a lot better and like Fitzy was saying in terms of off the ball movement confidence I actually saw El Unice try to beat players for the first time um, in about a year and a half, which was nice to see. Um, he remembered how to do it. But um, I think I, I'm just having a go at everybody. But um, I thought, <laughs> who did you, who did you was, like, Beans? Um, you're not going to like that answer. First half, I actually like Ryan Christie. But um, I'd, see, the, uh, see the amount of people that put in 12. See if he could just hit a shot and hit that plane out of the sky. <laughs> that would be magic. Do you know, it was, um, I thought overall, it was just, uh, it's, I started, and I say a, a bit of hope, like Robert was pointing out, there wasn't really much that we, to look forward to, but um, I, I started, when the game started, I thought, right, this actually might be a, a comfortable win, or at least a good performance, and then as the game's going on, you're looking for something, Turnbull gets whipped off, they bring on Griffiths, you've got a Yeti sitting in the bench who already did the business at Dundee United before, mm-hmm. a Yeti must be sitting there thinking, I'm what Celtic's second most expensive striker ever, the most expensive striker in Celtic's history is on the pitch right now. He's staying on the pitch. Why am I not coming on? Um, a game like that, especially towards the end of the game, how many free kicks did Dundee United concede in our own in the Celtic half? And we're taking it short. We're, we're waiting for us to get back into shape to take it. I'm not saying we need to go route one and we shouldn't have to go route one, but you're struggling against a team like that who we don't have width to break them down, make it difficult, play them at their game, put right. balls into the box, try and get something scrappy. You're not going to you're not going to break them down. That's why 22 shots and it was easy for the keeper because everything was predictable. Everything was um, telegraphed and all they need to do is sit, com- sit and be compact and they did that. So um, I think it started off with a bit of promise and then fizzled out for me and it was, it was uh, a bit of icing in the cake, really. I think that's been a fine base the whole season, isn't it, Robert? Um, but we've been... Speaking of it as well, we always start games the first maybe five or ten minutes, we're tippy tappy, then we progress, and then it fizzles out again. I think the game against Hearts was basically uh, maybe the silver line of the season for me, because we, we were brilliant. I know it's against Hearts, you don't really want to take too much of the game, but we started really well, and then the last half an hour, the negative first goal, we fizzled right out again. Um, for me, the first 10 15 minutes, I thought we started well. I, I, I agree with you, Beans. Um, the game looked for me. I, I, I said to my old man, I could be four or five of day. We were starting right. the game really quick. It was a bit of attack and intent, and that's what Kendi said. You wanted to start with a bit of intent, Robert. And for me, you've got during the full game, you've got to score when you're on top because the way we've been being all season, it only takes one one corner, one free kick, and that's us basically back back to square one again. A hundred percent. If we 
if we started these games with intent and scored early, they could have wrecked up a few goals. But when you're not scoring the goals, it's like at Ibrox, we were brilliant for, people say for 45, 60 minutes. I thought we were brilliant for 25 minutes. And then Rangers just got a shape and just sat in and just went, you know what, they're not going to come down the wings. Just get compact and try and stop them. Because I think Rangers wanted to go to the Tobias in that game mm-hmm. in December. And then when they seen us come out the blocks firing, they went, oh, that's what we're up for today. Let's just kind of settle them and try and sit in a shape and let them hard to break us down and we'll catch them on the counter. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams have sussed Celtic this season through that. I think we've actually had a plan A, never had a plan B. And I think that's been our downfall. I, I don't no, think we've had a plan A. Ah, well, that, that's, that's, that. you can say that. You can <laughs> say that, let's be honest. I think the club as a whole has been too arrogant towards this season. You know what I mean? Like, we had Tony in the building, apparently, for signing talks, and Aye. we managed to fuck up the deal. How we done that is... The guy scored, I was just reading earlier, it's like 24 or 26 goals and nine assists, and they're just... Aye. My God, him with Edward up front could have been a dream. It did have been but, deadly. Aye, but now we've just... Obviously. But even at that, mate, we've, we've went and spent the money on a Yeti instead and he's played half the games I think he should have, even when he's had a bad game. See that type of player and I know a lot of people won't like this comparison, but he is like Morelos. If he has three bad games, that fourth game he's probably going to get two goals and an assist and mm-hmm. that's what could change a season and pick up performances for other players around him. And especially when you're looking for something like as much as Edward has great control, lumping a ball up to Edward for, you know, a bit of a a change or to take pressure off the defence if teams are pressing us or whatever. A Yeti would bring so much into that team. So um I I just think that's another that just kind of uh, one of the many factors this season in terms of I know Fitzy said we've not really had a plan A and I think that you probably couldn't I if you asked me got in my head to name our most played starting eleven this season, I probably couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um because it's been chop and change, chop and change and to have a team like Celtic at a, on a pitch like Celtic Park um, playing with a narrow diamond in the middle every week is just absolutely ridiculous considering that uh, 10 out of the 11 teams we're going to face every week they'll just sit they're just going to camp in the ground. Uh, it's baffling the, to me the fr- frustrating thing for me with that diamond million men on in one goal but you never had the support you've got all these players sitting deep and nobody gone up the wings past them it, it'll baffle me for years to come, why we didn't go into the January transfer window and pick up some wingers, or why we didn't play Elianusi on the wing where his best position is, or why we didn't play, I don't know, Micah Johnson or throw in a Karamoko Dembele. I don't I have no idea why we didn't do more on the wings because it was clear as day. We, we won the um, the league last year on a 3-5-2, and then this year, I, I just don't understand the diamond. I don't know anyone that plays it well, apart from even Pete Barcelona didn't even play a diamond, uh, it was did he? 4-3-3, Matt. I'm, I'm trying to think of MD that plays that sort of diamond and has any sort of success and then plays two strikers with one striker. Uh, I think you would need to go back to the 90s for a diamond type of like. We, we don't talk, we don't talk yeah, about the 90s. But I mean, like, I'm maybe a, a man you type of thing, but it wasn't even that. Aye. It was a diamond with stretch wingers. When it, it was Giggs yeah. and Becker, mm-hmm. with Keane sitting in front of the back door with schools in front of them, that was more a diamond as a big diamond, you know what I mean? No, a compact diamond. Aye. But it's like shades of Lennon are still here that we're playing a diamond with like two strikers. I'm 99% sure early in was playing as a second striker when we had strikers on the bench. It's not even shades of Lennon. It's it's still Martin O'Neill. Neil, everything Neil Lennon knows is from Martin O'Neill and Martin O'Neill's a 
great, great manager and what he did with Celtic was brilliant and I'll not have a bad word said about him but the identity that we've got and that's carried through is still coaches from the 2000, early 2000s and we're now in 2021 and they're still trying to use an identity and a style of play that's it's outdated and um, you look across the city and they've got an, a relatively young manager who's worked with good managers recently and obviously like I know when Brendan came in he changed a lot for us and Although that watching Rogers sometimes, especially towards the end, it was I wouldn't say it was boring at times, but I, it kind of it slowed down. But we still could get results, and we still had that about us. And then mm-hmm. when Lennon came in, we switched things up a wee bit, went a bit more direct, and we were scoring goals and we were doing well. But I think that was just because we we changed it up, and the players had that fire. But I think they're going into games thinking this isn't going to work, this formation isn't working. They're looking at the bench. You've got about eight eight million pound of strikers sitting in the bench, and as you said, we're playing El Unice up top, who decides to flukily score a goal every third game and act like he's a fifteen million pound player. You see, for me, you're not funny, El Unice. See, for me, we're talking about El Unice, right? I think see if you get the right manager, I think it would be a right system. I think it would be a player for us, um, and obviously, I'm not saying I where Yeti. Things I'm 100% with you. I, I, I've said in our podcast that for, I think he's not as good as Hooper, but it reminds me of Hooper, it, just his stats and everything about him, his movement. I think with Wingers, I think he's scored 15, 20 goals a season with Wingers. He just needs, we, we don't play to guys, them, see, look, he's playing Cal McGregor basically on the left yesterday. Cal McGregor can't play there. That's not a position. He's in the middle of the park, he takes control, he plays the passes. We've seen it before, so why, as you say, we play three five two one league, so why you want to change up and use a different formation with the same players? It's it, as we we've, we've spoken about it before that see if you're playing with the youths a four four two, you're playing the development four four two, you're playing the first thing four four two, it's all the way through. Fair enough. Then they all mm-hmm. know if they step in, they know what they're doing. But we just want for a four. Was it four two four 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 two? We're going every formation. It's like. The way it was coming in for me was he was he was losing identity Evan. He didn't know what he mm-hmm. anymore. And I think me and Robert have spoke about how he was always saying I was very disappointed, very disappointed, very and we're like, You're fucking disappointed, mate. That you're <laughs> you are you are doing the same stuff every week and as fans and we can see exactly what's going on and how they can see. We know I I get it too up front for me, him and Edward would be brilliant. All right. Let them make a partnership. But get back to the time with Tony as well, Robert. I agree with you that I don't know what uh, fits you thinking, but I think we are missing a big target man, a big guy who can hold the ball. I'm not saying Hearts or Sutton, but we're missing a big guy like that to hold the ball up and interchange of players. Was all right to it, but for Aye. me, he's not strong enough. He doesn't use his body quick enough. He does it. He uses his body when it comes to having the ball at his feet, but mm-hmm. the hard half defenders, especially in Europe, if you're going one up front, he can't do that. He's he's best, or maybe not necessarily his best form, but some of his best form was playing up front with Lee Griffiths. Mm-hmm. They they got a really good partnership together. There's obviously mitigation that Lee Griffiths just hasn't really been fit or match fit all season. But in terms of a big striker, I, I think the, the first thing we need to address is how we're going to play. So, like we say, Neil Lennon lost his identity. Nobody knew what he was doing. Naively, I thought John Kennedy will come in and what he'll maybe do is revolutionise it and he'll try something different because we all know he's, he's a well-regarded coach. So is he going to try something different? Is he going to play two up front or three up front? Or is he going to change it up a bit? But he's not really done anything with his, with his opportunity. So I think that the first thing I'd probably would want to take to address is how are we going to play and then fit the players to fit that? I, I, 
a second striker makes sense to me, but I it just it depends how you want to play. Um, a Yeti seemed to be quite good at that. A Yeti seemed to be bit of a bit of a shit house up front, and he'd knock into people, and he'd, he'd be everywhere. Lee Griffiths is obviously quite technical and worked really well with Clamala. I still don't know where he fits in, but seems to be a good player. But um, I, I think that's that's my only complaint just now. Is John Kennedy hasn't really done anything with the, the role? He's just steady in the ship, but not very well. I think as we've, we've spoken about Robert and how Lennon lost his identity and he was just blaming everybody else apart from himself and no playing the players like a Yeti up front or he's playing he's playing my man up front you've got as been said you've got one of the most expensive things we've ever had on the bench sitting there chopping the back to get on and then even yesterday Kendra brings my midfielder for, for instead of being on a striker and you're nothing each time when you're a football it just doesn't make sense No I did think Jen John Kennedy and iPad boys part of the problem. <laughs> I don't just blame Neil Lennon for it all. I don't think he was solely 100% the reason. I think collectively they're all bad and I think that's what the problem is. And I've not nothing against John Kennedy, nothing against Neil Lennon, but they shouldn't be anywhere near the position of a Celtic manager or assistant manager. You go for a guy like Brendan Rodgers, it's like dating a supermodel and then pick somebody up the Savoy in it. That's what it's like. Let's be honest, it's the different in management styles and everything about them is just completely different. Um, it's just that Celtic keep going, about, going on about being an elite club. Well, prove you're an elite club. Let's see what you are going to produce now. As a football manager, I don't know. I'm not a football manager and I'm not saying I would have this option, right? But you've got a guy in Edward who's got silky feet, right? Cracking big player. No great at holding the ball up. You've got Griffiths, who's a goal scorer. Different option again. I'm not saying this is the answer, but a guy of Lyndon Dyke's stature. If you're at maybe a game with Dundee United, it's getting tough. And as he says, the part might be cutting up, or even Livingston. A guy like that, you can just fling balls into to knock down for Edward or Griffiths. It gives you a different option because you can't always play pretty football. And I just feel you've got to have different options. You've got to have different wingers, ones that can take players on, ones that can... What, there are staff in tight parks. You've just got to have different options. And I think most Celtic players are samesy. They don't mm. have a lot of variety of options. Just my opinion. But I hope we're the right manager. We will have that different variety of options. But every when, different task that we're going to come up against. See when Steve Clark comes in after the Euros, you know we're getting Lyndon Dykes, don't you? Shut up. That's not happening. I completely agree with you, mate. And see, to be honest, and I'm not even taking, taking the piss here, I would genuinely have had put, put Chris Iyer. See, if I'd have known that a Yeti wasn't coming on and Clamalla wasn't coming on, I'd have rather put Chris Iyer up front rather than Griffiths because he'd have done more. And like, I think that's just the thing that it's not even about having a plan B. We don't have because. I think the whole point of getting, I think Lennon coming in was the easiest option at the time. And mm -hmm. I think looking at it, Lobo and, and Co have probably thought, I, well, you know, we've got the better squad and this, that, and the next thing, and I, we should be fine. And they've kind of banked on, we should be fine. And they've banked on getting pals in. And I'm sick to death this season of hearing um, former players and whatnot talking about how good Neil Lennon's uh, man management is like no, tell me a tell me a football manager that's managed Celtic or Rangers that doesn't have good good man management. Ronnie Dyla gets praised for it. Everybody gets praised for it. Even I mean, with the exception of Kishinia, maybe I can't tell you a Celtic or Rangers manager for the last thirty years that I've heard that they've had awful man management. It's just everybody has it. If they're at that level, they have it. So it's just who, who's the French boy they had? Le Guin. Le Guin. 
but mate, even in France, he's probably had people say a good man manager. It's just nonsense to me. Yeah. I just think it was the easy option, and we've paid the price for it. And um, whoever we get in next has to have a bit about them. Great man management is the is the bog standard. It's like saying, oh, he's, he, he does a podcast and he has a computer. He has a voice. <laughs> I, he can speak. He can speak. That's that's man management. His vocal cords are quality, mate. You've got to hear them. Like, aye, no bother. <laughs> I, I get the fact that John Kennedy might be a good coach, but being a good coach and being a good manager is completely different things. In my aye. opinion, I don't feel being a good coach will win you games of football and tactically aware and doing the right things that a right manager done. Like Brendan Rodgers, I'm not saying he was a be-all and end-all, but a Martin O'Neill type of stature, a Brendan Rodgers, even a Gordon Strachan to an extent, coming in and working on what they've got and yeah. being able to deal with that in di- different situations and maybe grinding results out when you're playing straight. And I just don't feel we've had that this season. It's it's the difference we've had. I, think, I, I still maintain that we have individually some of the best players in the league, but our manager got the worst out of those players Whereas Rangers, I don't think they've actually got that great players, but their manager had them playing out their skin. And I think that's where the, your manager comes in. I think that's been the big thing for Neil Lennon. I think he's been getting the worst out of some of these players. And like I say, John Kennedy hasn't really built for that. I'm quite excited, the fact, and I hope John Kennedy gets more games because now it's all about second and maybe a Scottish Cup run. I hope he takes the opportunity to try something different. And at the very least... Like I, I'm one of the people that's been saying John Kennedy's a good coach. There's a reason we've had him for so long. See if it doesn't pan out. At least he's tried it and he's had that opportunity. So I, I'm kind of optimistic the next few games. I, I hope and I wish just try something different, do something different, put your stamp on the roll. So I think it's basically a free film for Kennedy. Aye. There's nothing for him to lose. Um, I don't think he'll get the job. I don't think he, I think he knows himself. I don't think, I think the job's too big for him at the moment. Maybe in a few years' time. If mm-hmm. he goes elsewhere, if he goes to Habs or he goes somewhere different to get more experience, because as Robert says, he's already been a great coach, but been a great manager is maybe obviously we're not superstars, but in the Scottish game, we're superstars. And to deal with the players, you need to have maybe a bit more aura about you than maybe John for talk's sake. Guys like I know Nancha might not come back, but guys like Hamid, Ward, maybe Elanusi, maybe you Scott Brown instead. These guys see somebody that him walks in, they're going to go, oh, fuck off, pal. Reminds me when we had Damien Duff. Aye. But if somebody like Eddie Howe or Benitez, I know these are just names that might not even happen, but Eddie Howe, Benitez, whatever, Ralph Ranjik, whoever, see if they walk in, or they both, there's a gaffer right. walking in. It's a big, it's, it's the same with O'Neill. O'Neill, mm-hmm. supposedly the gaffer. Shit, there's a gaffer come in. And I think that's the way, I'm not saying we need the fear factor, we just need a bit more about this, because I think it did go steel with Lennon. Um, I, mm-hmm. think it, I totally agree with you, I've said it before on here, but I still say individually, we've still got the best one in Scotland. Right. Individually, for me, we're still far better. But Rangers, we're through the kitchen sink at them uh, 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 this, this season. We're through the kitchen sink at us financially. And it's paid off. Everybody's bought into what Gerard wants. People might say he's no good enough for Rangers, right? But what they've done, they've been successful. And mm-hmm. as much as we don't want to talk about them, they're the standard bearers now. We need to get past them now. We need to do what we can. If it is to go unbeaten in our league, if it is to, we need to know what we have done is to us, it's not forgotten about but mm-hmm. it's Scottish football now. And it means it's basically all oh, that's Rangers back, fuck Celtic. <laughs> that's really bad. I, I think um, it's uh, I've had a bit of time to digest where we're sitting at now because it's not as if we've lost us in the helicopter Sunday. Wrighton's been in the ball for best part of six months now. And 
I think looking forward to next season, that is that is quite exciting. And I know people won't might not want to think about that too much right now because obviously it's it's not great. But the fact that we're going to get you know Dominic McKay in, we could get a director of football, we could get a new coach in. There's probably going to be quite a lot of transfer activity. Um, I think pro- we'll, we'll find out in the next. I, I reckon, regardless of what happens with the Scottish Cup, I think this will probably be Scott Brown's last season, um, whether he goes into coaching or not. But I think we're in such a we've got such potential right now for what could happen next season, and it's not as if Rangers are going to go away overnight. They're performing well in Europe. They've done well this season. They're unbeaten in the league. Um, so we've got standards to hit and those are the standards that we set and they got up to those standards like you said and um, we've got to do what we can do to get them and I think like you're talking about management I think that's key for me because you look at Duffy right and Shane Duffy's a completely separate conversation but he's come up for Brighton with Graham Potter right and Graham Potter you hear great things Pep Guardiola talking about how good he is in the rest of it and I'm sure his standards are absolutely spot on you do not miss training you're not late whatever it comes up the road we beat Hamilton and he gets four days off yeah like that's that's I know everyone talks about Neil Lennon's drinking buddies but that's the standard that we had in our most important season so I think it's uh, paramount that we get somebody in who's going to bring those standards in and again I, I don't actually massively care who the name is or what it is if they're the right person for the job they're the right person for the job and I agree with you, mate. Bring back Ronnie Dyler. He's <laughs> obviously Robert. That's something we've spoken about as well. That we have, we have the professionalism slack this season, big time. Hundred percent, Ryan. The fitness, everything about it's just, it's not the same, is it? The professionalism and the players. It's like I'm not a single Griffiths out here, but he turns up to pre-season overweight and can even go on the pre-season tour. Right. For me, that's just a shambles. I, the guy, might have mental health issues, but that, to me, is setting the tone. Born going gone to Spain on a pandemic. To me, that means there's not a lot of respect for the manager. That tells me that right away. Then, obviously, there's been issues. I think there's been more issues inside the club that we don't know about, because then you get Lennon coming out after Ferran Farrell saying, players don't want to be here, their attitudes are stinking, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That just tumbles again. That just makes more. Then you get, after Sparta Prague at home, you've got McGregor in an interview, ready to spill his guts, only that he's, the interview kind of get cut short. So again, tells me there's been a lot of issues behind the scenes that we don't mm-hmm. know about. And we probably will never know about, but the club has been too arrogant throughout the season. They just expected Neil Lennon to come in, fling money at him, and we'll just go and win the league. I feel... The professionalism of Celtic Football Club after winning them nine just for it was just a given we just to turn up and that was us we're going to just as long as you fling money at it will work nice. we didn't plan really well for this season and it's come back to bite us in the arse unfortunately see when you got see the players coming out and saying <coughs> I um, fans can't expect to win everything and you know we were going to lose eventually I'm sure McGregor said it um, Frimpong said it like a, few, a few people have come out and said it, and you're going, aye, that, like, if we lost it on the last day, I we would probably be nobody as annoyed, but we lost it, what, October? Like, exactly. it's, 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 like, I've got a few, uh, like, my pals, Rangers fans, go, oh, are you gutted? And I'm like, no, mate. I've been through the stages. We lost it ages ago. This was, like, the, it wasn't any, it's not that it wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal months ago. So, and, and it's it's worrying when players came out since and say, well, we weren't going to win everything. 
But aye, we could we could we, we could have won more games. See that I know you I know Robert you'd mentioned about like McGregor's interview and Lennon coming out and saying that. See the point for me where I knew it was done was I think it was before the Ibrox game, there was an interview with Scott Brown and he was sat with that backdrop of Celtic Park behind him for the corner and Jeremy Collick's interviewing him and it was like a hostage video. He was sat there like, <laughs> yes, I believe that we have a chance at me. Well, that's, that's no Scott Brown. There's just there's too much going on here and see if Scott Brown, who's been there for what, eight, nine years, years or something right. and he's been the captain for that amount of time and he's won the X amount of trophies and whatever. See if he can't, See if he's having to put on his bad poker face halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder what the other players are having to do and what they're talking yeah. about. And they've recent they've referenced how Scott Brown's in charge of this player's WhatsApp for for the past few seasons. I can absolutely guarantee they've all been in there slating uh, Lennon all season because I think, like you said, I don't think he's had the change in him at all. And mm-hmm. when he got the job originally after um, Hearts, as soon as I heard him talking about in the media about how he was saying. Like I'm not a good, I'm not as good a coach as Rogers, so we just need to keep doing what he's doing and uh, hope we can sustain it. And you're not there to sustain it. You come in, you put your own identity in, and that's where we failed. You need somebody to come in. So asking, asking me when I worked in McDonald's to come in and look after a chef's kitchen, like Aye. I, I mean, I might understand how to put the hob on, but I don't have a clue how to make a steak. Do you know what I mean? So you're not getting your Michelin star. I don't have my Michelin star, so I it was um. I think it's just been a series of uh, failures for that. I can't can work out if your analogies are on point or horrendous or a bit of both. <laughs> he's got, he's got oh, a wee list there, isn't he? Just, I'll say that one of the... See, see, the one, see what I really want to hear more about is Neil Lennon is, is essentially has alluded to in the media that there's more to come out this season that we, the fans, didn't know about. And I really want to know what he means by that. So I, like some of the things that he'd said when he was still in post about... Celtic arguably getting different treatment from the government and different treatment from the media on like the Dubai trip, for example, and he's proven to be right on that given what's went on over the weekend. But he's kind of alluded to that there's more that we don't know about. And I can't even remember the turn of phrase that you used, but he has said that there's more that we don't know about. And I can't for the life of me think what it is. Is it over undermising circumstances or something? It was something like that, wasn't it? I, I, I don't know. Mitigating circumstances that's the one I, just, I that I can't disclose at this time. It's a right sound, mate. No bother. Like it's like it's like turning up late to your work and going, I mate, it was mental, but I can't tell you why, so we'll just ignore I, it. Like I, no, you but don't pull me up for it. I like it's not and it's not as I, I, regardless of what it is, I, he's still not gonna get an excuse from it. And um he's still to blame as much as MD, but uh, I I don't really care about the circumstances are he's talking about, whether no. it be pressure from the government or whatever it is, I couldn't care less. You're you're fundamentally failing on the park. So um unless you know Lobo was turning up and no letting them train or something like that. I don't like I don't know. But, I, but was like it, they... what are the mitigating circumstances that made you play um like I Elinusi is a second striker or Ryan Christie is a second striker. There was what was the mitigating circumstances that made you keep playing Brown off form and not playing sorrow? That there's no mitigating circumstances from that that's a management decision. And the thing as well the thing about that is, it's a circumstances about David Tumble. It took until the real game for him to fling him in. He's been, he's been brilliant ever since. Yesterday as well, I thought he's one of the better players. Again, he's too calf, and I see him inside the park. He's shaking his head, and I'm mm-hmm. bad. Shaking my head, I'm thinking, "Ah, not if that was me." Yep. Again, I, I, I think Shelton need to watch what they're doing with him because if he's no, if he's getting too calf, he might like, he's here. Get me out of here." 
I'm most down here because yeah. see, see that's yeah. see, yeah. That's, yeah. see that's second round. Wait, you hear this, right? right? A boy at Turbo 21 years of age keeps getting took off 60, 70 minutes, but a guy is Scott Brown, it's 34, who's end of his career has to play 90 minutes. It's crazy, yeah. and a guy like Carl McGregor who's no missed a minute the full season, Aye. yet he's, his performance hasn't been up to it, doesn't he miss a minute? It baffles me in that yeah. fact. As you say, Tumble's influencing games, but he still gets took off. Again, that's where, that's where your management, your man management, and you you know how I went to put subs and went to take the math for in, and as we've said, there's no plan A, no plan B. We spoke, we spoke about it millions of times on here. It was the same subs, just about 59, 60 minutes, 70 Aye. minutes, 75, 82, 83. It was the same subs. It was Griffiths, it was, it was Ayeti, and it was Elanusi, and it was Mikey Johnson. And see, for me, it's just not good enough. Um, why Why it took him? I know he had a knee injury tumble, and maybe you've got to go for more about Celtic. I think maybe Armstrong says it when he came to Celtic. It took him a few weeks to get fit up to the standard, which is fair enough. He can handle a few weeks, but no three or four months when the no. team's not playing well, when I call them the old guard, Brown, mm-hmm. your Jams, your McGregors, they're not playing well. Give them a break. Brown, we all know Brown, keep 35, 36. Maybe the difference is maybe Ronaldo. He's he's a machine, mate. He's different. But Scott Brown, Scott Brown should not be playing three games or two games in a row. And that's when your manager, Neil Wayne should be a man management. And no, just it should be it should be these backroom staff that should be saying, "Listen, Gaffer, come on, give him a break." But it's yeah, he, only game yesterday. I thought Tumble Brown. If he's took mm-hmm. half again, um, beans your time. But I, I thought Ayers. I has been one of the best players all season. I think Andrew probably get played a year, but Edward might get it because he's goals. But I, I like the Ayer. He's passing. You see every time he gets a tackle, one he's he's yeah, he's getting there. He's he's only a guy that's really doing that for us this season. Um, he's maybe one of the only shining lights when it comes to us this season. I thought it was good yesterday again, taking the ball for the for the back. And that's what me and Robert spoke about beans when it comes to Scott Brown doing that. Why is Scott Brown taking the ball for fucking centre-back and playing it? Let Ayer do that and get us up the park. Yeah, I kind of joked about it at the start of the season when we were playing at home like that, but I genuinely said, see when we're sitting at home, put Scott Brown in a back three because they're always playing anyway. The mm-hmm. pace of Ayer and Julian next to them, they can catch up on it. But I just don't think... Um, Scott Brown, I, listen, I think Scott Brown's influence is clear to see and he's come on in a few games and it's been evident this season that he still has some form of influence. But that said, um, I don't think Sorrow every game is the answer either, but we've definitely seen too much of Brown and too little of Sorrow. But um, I think, you know, players like Ayer and Ayer's been, he's been great at points and I think Welsh coming into the team, Ayer's definitely kept putting him under his wing despite mm-hmm. the fact that he's got an a, a international and Shane Duffy who clearly isn't interested either. He's come up for a for a party and even his antics and whatnot. So um I think for Scott Brown, um I don't I don't see a future for Brown that's uh, on the team. And if he goes into coaching and he's still a player but he's, you know, moved into a coaching role, whatever it may be, I don't think there's a manager that would come in that would look at Scott Brown and say, You're not in my plans at all. I think they would any manager worth the salt would come in and say, right your Celtic's most winningest captain, I'm obviously going to have you involved at some level, but I just don't think that, even yesterday in the game, like, he was constantly trying to, like, he was doing that thing he used to do, he's been doing it for years, where he'll hold on to the ball and 
he'll play the pass last second so that then he drags somebody in and it creates more space for McGregor to move into where the ball's wide and we can switch it quicker or whatever it may be. But he's no good, he's no quick enough for it anymore. And it's the thing that's just it's going away from him and he's not as sharp as he once was. And um it's more evident in every game. And the more that Brown was dropping to pick up the ball in the second half, Dundee United's game plan was just press him. Press yeah. him. He gave the ball away four or five times and uh, in the second half alone, and that was purely down to he's just missing out in games. And you look at that, and Turnbull's coming off, and um, we're keeping strikers on the bench. It was just uh, it kind of summed everything up. And like I think everybody said, that nothing has really changed with Kennedy. So I think he's ripped himself off for the job as well. No, for me, one of the only thing like yesterday was I kind of like John Joe Kenny, Robert. Um, I think he's steady, Eddie. I don't think he does much wrong. His first game, he was against Martin. He was up, doing putting coaches in, but that's can that's that's come back now. He's not doing that as much. It was the same with Laxalt. His first two games, he was bombing up, getting coaches in, and that's come back again. Is that just because he, we are making players regressing? Is that just like we've been all season? Players have regressed under learning under this structure, um, or is it they're just not doing it anymore because they're getting sucked into this team that's not playing well and they're not getting compensated anymore? Um, but for me, John, if we can get John Joe Kennedy, would I sign him? Maybe because he's steady defensively. He does his job going forward. Yesterday, done him and Christie started well. Um, for me, Christie, for me, I would get rid of Christie, Robert. But on John Joe Kennedy, I, would, I think he's been a good signing. But again, why January? And Lenny says he's wanting him for a while. Why not push a boat and get him the summer? Why wait to January? I like him, but I don't feel he's in our price bracket. I think you would probably waste most of your wages and your budget if you were to try and sign a guy or John Joe Kenny. I feel, I don't know what the budget will be in the summer. I don't know who the manager will be, but I would say you're probably looking at, with a decent manager, he's probably going to get the best part of 12 to 15 million pushing it. And he's got to make that work and obviously depending on who we're selling off. Mm-hmm. That, that could all depend on Ayer maybe going for 15, Edward going for 20. They might then push the boat out with a manager of whatever calibre we get. But as I say, Ryan, I like the sound of Eddie Howe, Benitez, Martinez. I think they're all calibre that we should be aiming for. But I think we'll be below that bracket. I think we'll be going for a Michael O'Neill, a Steve Clark, somebody who knows how to work on a budget and can manage, and I think that's the more the bracket we'll be kind of looking at. As I say, I like the Graham, Graham Potter. I know I spoke about him previous. I like what he's doing at Brighton. Seems to be doing a good job. Um, I like Sean Dyson, but I don't know who we're going to get, but I don't think it'll be the blockbuster appointment everybody's hoping for. Which, obviously, Pitsy, which you will go off again yesterday, because obviously it's not really a a positive note, but... Um, no, no, what was that to talk about? <laughs> well, I spoke about it enough, but we'll touch on, obviously, the manager situation there, but obviously we'll touch on well, a, bit, a wee bit about the aftermath of the Angels, but obviously, um, yourself, actually, who was your... Who do you think would be suit us on who would you actually think is going to come in? So I think a lot of people are down on Steve Clark, and I'm kind of all for Steve Clark. I think, in terms of a manager who would sort out the defence, Steve Clark, grind out results, Steve Clark has connections in football. He was obviously at Chelsea. He's been, I think, I don't know if he was having a manager in the Premier League, but he was certainly a manager in the Championship. West Brom. West Brom, aye. And then got Scotland to the Euros. In terms of a CV, I think that's a decent enough CV. So, so see if Steve Clark came in, I would not be upset at all. I wouldn't be, you know, 
out getting scarfs with Steve Clark and all that, but I'd be quite, I'd be pleased with Steve Clark. In terms of who would I want? I don't know. Roberto Martinez and Sean Maloney. Do you know what I mean? Like, like for wish list, I'd want somebody like that. I'd want, um, who's the guy? Was it Marco Rose was the one that we were looking at for a while? Or Celtic fans were looking Aye, aye, exactly. So like, there's obviously like, there's the managers you'd really, really want, but I'm going to state my case for Steve Clark. I I would not be upset with Steve Clark. I think he would do a, a good job, whether or not, that's inspiring enough to keep people like Odds and Edward. I think that's the next step is if we get in a, a big, exciting manager, the likes of Odds and Edward may stay on for another season. But see if we go, um, it's your boy at St Mirren or Hibs or like, see those sorts of managers. If we get something inspiring, your great players will be off. So I, I, I'm kind of down, but I, I'm going to make my case for Steve Clark. For me, Steve Clark wouldn't be the worst. Um, I'd, my worry about that is. Is, I don't know if he would sell season books. Um, no. Again, but we, well, don't know, but we don't know when it's going to get announced. Mm-hmm. It's going to get announced a few weeks, because in my opinion, if it's going to get announced a few weeks, I don't think Steve Clark's going to need it, but I think it's announced after Euros, yeah. then he might get it. Well, once Steve we've Clark, won the Euros, once we've won, I, you know what I mean? I think Steve Clark would be a decent appointment. Um, again, nothing too flashy, but I think he would definitely set us up defensively. Um, as much as he started against Scotland a bit more better to watch, um, yeah. especially defensively. But nobody else has seen a lot of goals against obviously decent opposition. But again, you play teams like Belgium and stuff like you're going to be like beat. It's very hard to beat their teams. But yeah. I like the way he sets his solo and, and that kind of that kind of links with the fact that Robert says about uh, dealing with a budget. They dealt with a budget Kamarnock, so that's obviously we know his man management skills are spot on because he's got a players playing. Um, so I can I, I can take that on board, mate, and I can say I I don't have a lot of fans would be too disheartened with him coming in. Um, and obviously yourself, Beans, which should be on your Christmas card list, shall I say? Um, but yeah, uh, left field choice because I was having a wee dig around, just like managers out in Europe and uh, after Lennon went, and I was thinking who to go for. And I think the kind of things that you've talked about, and Robert alluded to as well. There's a lot of things you kind of want to see. You want somebody to come in with an identity of football. Somebody can work in a budget. Um, the Granada manager, Diego Martinez, he is taking them from the second division in Spain where they were sitting absolutely deadpan. They had nothing exciting going for them. He got them promoted. Um, he's had good performances against Real Madrid and Barca. Graham Hunter pops on a bit more of the time. He's got them into the Europa League. They're in the knockouts. They've been performing well. And he's had to work with his best players getting sold. He's had to work with uh, restricted budgets as well. So I think somebody like him, and I don't know whether because he's had quite a lot of um, build-up with the Spanish press this year, whether he would cost us a lot or not, but he's definitely not going to cost us what a Roberto Martinez or a Rafa Benitez would cost or even an Eddie Howe. So I think somebody like that would come in, would probably excite the players. Um, I think players like Callum McGregor would probably quite like the idea of getting uh, a Spanish manager in their style of play, Chris Iyer and the rest of it. So for me, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be him for me, but somebody that kind of ticks those boxes and makes me think, all right, cool. And I know what Fitzy's getting about Steve Clark. We're never getting Steve Clark. It's, it just wouldn't happen. He's got Scotland in the best position they've been in for a very long time and with a young squad full of talent. Steve Clark could stay at Scotland and get his, regardless of what happens in Euros, he could get his to a World Cup. And if he gets his to a Euros and a World Cup back to back after years and years of misery, he's probably going down as one of the best Scotland managers at least in recent times so yeah. I don't think Steve Clark wants to go anywhere or he will go anywhere um, 
plus the fact that he talks, he constantly talked about Kamarnik about how much he hated playing uh, anywhere in Glasgow because he hated all that nonsense that came with it. So I think we can forget about Steve Clark. Um, so you don't need to go and buy a, a scarf, that's it. But I think, uh, aye, for me, MD like that, Eddie Howe, I would love him. I like the way he talks. It's kinda, he's almost like, um, he's very similar to Rodgers in that way when he talks about football. It's very interesting. And when, when you order Brendan Rodgers off wish. Aye, um, but do you know what, mate? I would take that. Um, oh, I saw that. Because right now we've got Poundland shops with uh, <laughs> the same guy that's in the job. But um, nah, I think as long as we get somebody who um, doesn't necessarily need to be a big name to keep players or to bring players in, but somebody who can get a style of playing, I think that's the most important thing that we get teams around Europe looking at Celtic again and thinking like. Right, because it's not going to be next season, everything's going to be absolutely fine and flying again. Even if a manager comes in, it's going to be two or three years. But for Dominic Mackay coming in, he has to have a game plan for the next five, ten years. We want to be a Champions League club again, or we want to achieve this. And um, we need to be able to work on that. And we need to, we need the right appointment for that. So I'd be happy with uh, MD apart for John Kennedy at this rate and Steve Clark and I, Neil Lennon. I, and, I, thought, <laughs> I, I agree with you when it comes to. The, the guy for Granada. Um, I don't think it's. I like to think a guy at that stature would jump at a chance to go to Celtic. Um, I know he's doing well with Granada in, in, in Europe, but look, where, where else can he do in the Spanish league? He's never going to win the Spanish league, but I think it's a very exciting. As I, I agree with you, it might not be exciting because we've lost the league, but for going forward, uh, me and Robert spoke about it. I think this could, it could be the, another one of the either where. He finished and it was all doom and gloom. And then boom, we got Rodgers and it was off. Celtic are, Celtic are back. Celtic's get all the focus was on back to us. And I think this is what needs as much as Rangers have done what they've done. If we do get a good manager to in, I think he's just going to switch all the focus back on us again. Um, again, again, the way the foreigners play, I like the style of play that the, the, the foreign man's play. Um, it's all possession-based, attacking-based, and it's counter-attacking and it's, they, they, they don't really focus a lot on defending but it would suit your guys like your Edwards and your McGregors because I think Edward maybe his style of play does suit the foreign game I don't think he should into this type of real game I know he's been doing well but I think now he's going to be but it just looks sick for me um, and I think we do need somebody to come in and re-energise the squad um, I've said for day dot that Eddie Howe for me would be the main man um, he's on my Christmas card list guys um, as Robert knows um, he's somebody I think I agree with you, he talks very well. Um, I've delved into him on YouTube and listed his, his coaching and what, how he sees football. He's, he's obsessed with winning, and he's the guy David the guy David Webb spoke about him. Um, he says that he's always, whoever's it, he's in a job way, he's in there for a while. He's got, he likes to have a project, he likes that guys to come in and he likes guys to come in and learn how to get to his style of play. He wants to coach him, he wants to improve him. He says he doesn't know now that players, some players don't want to get involved in that, they just want to come in and do their job and get him. And he says, well, if I can't come in and coach them, then they can bolt because if they don't want to take to me and take to my coaching staff and bolt into the club, then they're not going to be here. And for me, Robert, that's... Right, so that's Griffiths that, away already then. Right. <laughs> so for me, Robert, that's the attitude that we need to strive to is everybody buys into what we need to get to. And if it does take... Listen, if we need to take a hit next year and lose the league, Obviously, we're going to be raging and unhappy, but if it means another nine in a row, then I'll fucking take it all day long because we can't, we're not expecting as fans, obviously, as fans, you expect them, right? 
win the league next year, get to Europe, get this. You want everything to come back quick, but this is going to be a long rebuilding process and you need somebody with a, a lot of experience. This isn't a Joe for your John Kennedy's or another new win. And this is a massive rebuild, Robert, and I think with Mackay to none, he's got to, we've spoken about, he's got to be talking to Celtic now because this isn't just, I think it's going to happen <coughs> for two months and be all rosy again. Well, Dermot Desmond said after the League Cup, the League Cup or Scottish Cup semi-final against Rangers that he'll never want to experience that again and he went out and got Brendan Rodgers. So I'm just hoping Dermot Desmond's watching what everybody else has been watching the last few days and the arrogance it's shown against us and just how they're taking us at us back. We're the greatest team and all that shite that comes with it. Um, or this natural order resumed, even more in 1960 or something, Celtics won more titles in them or this push. I've actually had to embarrass a few of them about, about who's won the most titles in that time. Um, I'm just hoping that they've poked a bear, a sleeping bear, and Dermot Desmond again, and he goes out and does what's needed. It's a bad analogy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Now? No, no, That's you're right, you're analogy, right. But... Um, Walking a sleeping bed, as I say, um, and he does turn around and go, you know what, I'm not accepting that because Dave King said a thing four years ago and then after four years, it's came and he's went, told you. It's like right. saying to somebody, you're going to die. It's Ten years later, he dies and goes, I told you that. You told know you I mean? he was going to he's die. eventually going to come in and it's happening. And that's, I just feel that as a club, we need to get back to where we were um, and stop being arrogant about how we just expected to turn up this season and go and win trophies. I just feel we need to get back to basis and get the manager right, let the manager control his transfers because we know that's why Rogers left now because he wasn't in control of the transfers and let the manager manage the club and let the director of, director of football be the go-between the CEO and the manager. Don't mm-hmm. let, Obviously, Peter Lawwell had too much influence in the team and signings and I think that needs to stop. That needs to be, we need to go modernisation and go with other European clubs and good clubs and how they deal with things. It's like, you don't see like Van der Sar and Ajax going out and signing players. You know what I mean? You, you see the manager going out and signing players or the director of football. We need to just go in that sense because I think Rodgers would have stayed for the 10 if he wasn't getting influenced by Peter Lowell. I do honestly think <sighs> that. I think he's a rat bastard that jumped as soon as ah, he could. Nah. Well, <laughs> we can we, we might need to agree you disagree on that after, one. After Neil gets sacked. Yes, I would, I, would, I, would, I would I would agree with Robert on that. That see when Dembele left and it was this whole. I mean Dembele left and then Rogers left and Dembele kind of hit out with the whole like oh one day you'll find out what the script is and what happened there and whatever. And I think it's more down to Lowell than it was ever anything on Rogers because um, Rogers could have probably progressed us in Europe. The only thing that was holding him back for me was Lowell and it didn't have full control and I think it was that whole ego thing of Lowell thinking I've got the best British manager at my club right now and I'm telling him who to go and sign. I'm telling him who we're selling. I'm telling him what's what and it doesn't it, it just doesn't work. It can't work. You can't get a manager in and mm-hmm. you know tell them oh, by the way we're we're punting them or we're bringing this player in, make it work. Because I mean look how many players come in under Rogers that I'm I not a chance he signed him. Not Aye, a chance. Not. He did tell you, it was after the Italian boy, Pacini or something. It was after John McGinn and it was after somebody else. Celtic go out and signed Malumbu 
to Kilmarnock. Aye. I think we're for about 600 time just to come in and then they signed, for bands. Else? They signed somebody else. It was like three Gamboa. bizarre signings. Gamboa, no, it's signed Gamboa. And Rogers. As the Kiri's pal. Rogers wanted they three in to progress us because the new Lustig was coming to end of the He knew that McGinn was going to obviously replace Brown. And he knew that Kieran Tierney wasn't going to hang around very often because he was one of the best left backs in British football. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to play him early, and I think see with him again. There's no rumours going about that Celtic had him in Celtic Park ready to sign, and Peter Lawwell tried to take a hundred grand off the deal, and that Rod Peters meant to have went fuck you and hung up. How you go? That wouldn't surprise me to be fair. I was actually more excited, or not more excited, but I was like equally as excited when Peter Lawwell said he was resigning at the end of the season. Because I think this is I think this is a big step towards fixing a lot of these issues. That might be naive in your man, Dominic Mackay might come in and just be as bad, but I, I was quite excited the fact that Lawwell's away and some of these issues that we've had with Lawwell trying to control things might be, might be gone. And if it means we bring in a director of football, magic. I, I don't know. Has he said he is going to do director of football? Or is that just wishful thinking for the fans? I think, I think supposedly, I think supposedly, the Celtic have got a, they've got a, it's like an agency organisation, and I think they're doing interviews on it. That's right. what I heard. Um, I think a lot because of, there was a boy for you, wasn't there? I, I think a lot of clubs are doing that now. I think they're gaining the organisations to interview people instead of the club doing it themselves. I think it's obviously maybe tanking, swimming, and whatever else, right. but. That's just what I've heard as rumours. I don't know if it's true, Fitzy, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard supposedly Desmond's told an agency to interview guys for a DOF. I don't know if it's true, I, but... I think once we get that in, that, 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 you need that wee bit of disconnect between the manager and the chief executive, and I think that'll be a good thing going forward because we've got all the meetings. We've got all the meetings of being a fantastic, successful club that just made an absolute arse this year. Because obviously as well... We've touched on a lot of stuff, but the last thing I want to touch on beans is obviously all the aftermath for Rangers and how we would treat, as Fitzy says, Robert says, but we treated different. A few things, um, people think we're paranoid, but as I'm getting older now, you can realise certain things are not right and certain things have been happening. And again, the start of the season for me, I, think, I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people actually click, don't they? Kevin Clancy said at the start of the season, all oh, your referees know that this, this, this season's all about. Wait a minute, you're there to do your job, you shouldn't care what's, what all the noise is about. Um, and then obviously no. the, the thing with the buy beans, Lennon and Lennon and Jaime, their 40s are in their restaurant, 40s at the side of the pool. But that was given the get-go, but then they can, I fair enough, we've had a, a bad points. We went to Park Kids, a very, very minority went, 40, 50 people, I don't know how many went, it was a minority. I people might have found stuff whatever else, but the big difference, you might have been wrecking your own fucking stadium, you're not going out wrecking your city, your, mem- mm. m- m- your benches that people pay money for, that's just, listen, we, we've been to away games, we've been to home games, we've been in pubs, people might say self finds this, I've never seen us wrecking anything like that in my life, memorial, you have, you have a laugh, you get a bit of banter, ah, you celebrate and whatever else, and I just think, Sturgeon has just sort of turned a blind eye to the full COVID thing. We were what I spoke about. This isn't about Celtic Rangers now. This is about general life in general. Yeah, it's a general pandemic. It's a general. We can't see people in our families. We can't go and see some, say just a single guy. Can't go and see a bird. Can't go for a coffee. Can't go and you can't do anything. But because they're elite athletes, they can they can share motors. 
they can go and celebrate, they can go and do this. And for me, it's just, I, I, I just find it baffling how it's going to swept under the carpet. Do you think that annoyed me the most was um, I can't blame a Rangers fan for going to no, Ibrox, right? Because I, I see, if, that was us, if that was us doing 10 in a row yesterday, I would still be at Celtic Park. But the thing that's kind of annoyed me the most about it is, fair enough, they've gone to Ibrox. Then the police have walked them to George Square just to gather there, which baffles me. Mm-hmm. See, even the day that we won the treble treble, probably the best day of my life, right? I was watching it in the south side, didn't have a ticket, and then at the end of the game, me and my pals, we all heard about the, the bus, obviously, so we all boosted over to the East End. Walking along, bevy in the street, right? No damage was done that day. It was a great day. Everybody enjoyed themselves. Obviously, no pandemic, so it's very different, but see, as soon as we heard that the bus wasn't coming, the police were just breaking up that, right? Up the road, up the road, Aye. up the road. And within a couple of hours, they completely dismantled everybody, and everybody was sent packing, basically. Um, you're looking at police eventually taking action and actually of trying to disperse the crowd at about 10, half 10 last night. So I think the only reason nothing happened probably comes down to Sturgeon, probably the fact she's got a lot of heat on her now, probably looking at not wanting to upset too many people. But I think it is, um, I think it was always inevitable. And the problem is that it's been plastered everywhere about Rangers fans were, they were going to go to George Square and See if they want to go and they want to go out and you can't stop people from leaving their houses and turning up somewhere even during a pandemic. But what you certainly can do is limit what they can do and limit the damage that they can make. And see if you've got thousands and thousands of people and they're all steaming and they're celebrating the first title in 10 years. See, unless you police it properly, it's only going to go one way. And mm-hmm. it's actually probably fortunate that it didn't even get any worse because see if the police eventually at 10 o'clock, if the crowd was still big and they eventually started to try and behave the way that we probably would have behaved with Celtic fans, it probably would have got quite nasty, I'd imagine. But um I think it's it's just I think it's just been completely ignored. Sturgeon didn't turn up for a press on the day. Um the police, the chair of Scotland, Police Scotland last night tweeting out gifts going, Oh, I wonder how all the armchair police I, officers like headed out Scotland Police Federation. Uh, it's it's just it's it's vile. It really is. They're um, completely disregarding the, the and what's annoying me the most is people are saying, Oh, you're just annoyed because it's Rangers. Like, no, I'm annoyed because it's now just going to extend everything by another couple of months. And seeing a mm-hmm. couple of weeks' time and we see the spikes that happen off the back of this, it's not going to work well, it's not going to look great. And all it's going to do is completely impose even more on this. We didn't go out and celebrate for a quadruple treble, and fair enough, we probably didn't want to at the time because the manner it was won wait, on penalties, but it was still a, a huge moment. And mm-hmm. I wanted to. I would, I would love if I could go into town and celebrate. I've got to Celtic Park and celebrate. But again, I don't begrudge fans for doing that. But as you said, mate, the way it was dealt with by the police, by Sturgeon, and still not dealt with. And I know they've come out now, but you see even on that uh, announcement today, Peter Adam Smith had to basically throw it back at them and say, no, nah, you're talking mints. Like, this was encouraged by the team. This was encouraged by yep. everybody. And they're just looking to just completely ignore it. And... I think the only thing that Neil Lennon's probably done right this season is come out and say mm. we've been treated differently because mm. the proof's in the pudding. I totally agree. I'm, I know for a fact, I wouldn't go personally because you're obviously my work and stuff like that, right? But in general, final fans would go. I know they mm. would, but there's a difference between social distance and wearing masks and 
having a laugh as I'm in a, a manner, there's a total difference. You've seen them all fight each other. You've won a title, you fight each other for. Just go out and enjoy Aye. your day and just celebrate it. And I think Fitzy, I totally agree with beans. I know for a fact fans would go. You can't mm-hmm. tell people going. I totally understand that. But at least make it an organised event. At least I know it's even no matter. It's no right, but at least make it a a decent a decent event where you know it's going to be pleased properly. People are going to be civil and just enjoy your day. That's really all it is. Aye, fans are fans are going to go out no matter what. And I dare say if. If we'd got 10 in a row, we would have been the same. I think even if it was treble treble, we would have been the same. Quadruple treble just didn't have the same ring yet for some reason. But I, I think the reaction afterwards hasn't been what I would have expected. And I don't think it has been the same for Celtic. And not even Celtic. I've seen some people say St Johnston have got or I St Johnston have had um different responses in relation to players traveling in cars together than Carlshire. So the, the full thing has just been it's been a nonsense from SFA from Scottish government and from the police. I just don't think it's been handled very well at all. Um, and, and I that coming out last night and saying, well, what would you guys have done different? Many things, mate. I wouldn't have kettled them, and I wouldn't have took more people into a condensed area and then been surprised when they all started fighting each other because everybody was pissed. And then there was that stuff the day that the all the benches have been wrecked, and then from the family's perspective, they've now raised funds to rectify that, which actually I think is fair play, but you shouldn't really be putting the city in that position to, to wreck the place. I don't know what would have happened if, if Celtic had been in the same place. I don't know if it would have been policed differently or fans would act differently. It's, it's all, it's all um, what-ifs, but... I, 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 Celtic fans can't turn up to play, uh, protest against the death of innocent black men without the police carrying them, so yeah. I, dare, I dare say if it was 10 in a row yesterday... It probably would have been heavy-handed, and you can call me paranoid, you can call me what you want, but, um, you know, years and years of what's going on. You saw yesterday when Gerard's car rocked up, um, there was, you know, there was there was an actual policeman jumping about celebrating, which, if he's a Rangers fan, fair play to him, but at the same time, the fact he feels comfortable to do that kind of says the levels of it all, doesn't it? I agree with you, Beans, 100%, on it? I feel we get placed different for, for the other, let's say, supporters are. Scottish football a day and I've, I've seen it like fans getting kettled in fans getting I mean when we won the treble treble the police had their batons out why would they have their batons out what was the need to have your batons out you know and what the, I mean? fo- the, the, the photos are a bit mad and it's they're all standing up in a line storming with batons aye, and you're like aye, against who it's just exactly. people going about and calling each other Tims and shouting hail hail at each other aye I know exactly singing about short Armstrong's hair like it's, it's not as if it's this big aggressive march I. you know what I mean um, I I feel the full thing yesterday was shambolic. The, the Scottish government, the police, and that football club. I just felt total arrogance for them. They just didn't care. They were happy to shout out uh, their windows and their changing room and encourage the fans and run up to the fence when they they win. I forget they've got to celebrate and they've got to enjoy it. But it shouldn't have went to Ibrox into the city centre to then smash memorial benches up. Smash Celtic shop window up. I mean, let's be honest, they've got previous for doing stuff like us. They do not know how to behave. I'm not saying all Celtic fans are angels, but I would say it's a minority of us and it's a majority of them. I think that's the difference. Call me paranoid, call me a bigot, call me whatever you like. That's just my opinion, and that's the way I feel they act. Manchester was another example. Barcelona, 72, was another example. They've 
been called a lot of names under the sun for all the behaviour. Um, we'll not discard it on the podcast, but I just feel they do not know how to behave. And I think that's the problem with them. It's, it's just been, it's just everything, everything that's went wrong this season, the, the Celtics went wrong, and then you've got all that in the aftermath of stuff with Dubai, and obviously that's all happening now. It's just, everything is just, uh, it's just no right what's been happening. Um, I totally agree with we would have probably done the same, but there's certain things you don't do, and it's not really do this is it's just don't a bit of a bit of good manners, common sense, just being decent people. We understand when you're drunk with all these stupid stuff we all have in the past, but there's a difference between stupid stuff and breaking stuff. Um, especially smashing stuff like the, the the shop window. That's just it's it's crazy. Um but obviously, you know, the last word on obviously Celtic beans and Kind of the last overview of the season, which obviously your main thoughts going forward. I think we've just got to get it right. Dominic McKay's got a big job from what it's kind of looked like. Is he's definitely asked if he can leave his rugby post early to try and get his teeth into Celtic, and I like hearing that, and I like the fact that we're in this position. I like Fitzy said. I think um, Lennon going was. Uh, good, but Lobel going was really what we needed to, to change, and. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're getting rid of probably two of the, well, not probably, the two guys that have spent the most time at Celtic in the last 30 years, um, aside from Desmond, and it's his pockets that we're using, um, apparently so. So um, I think that for next season, as long as we make the, the right appointment, we get our business done early, I'd really hope that whoever, if we get a director of football in or whoever it is recruitment-wise, I really, really hope we get rid of this um this routine of every transfer window leaving it as late as we can for not necessarily the best deal but the the most bargain value deal yeah um so I, there's a lot of things a lot of a lot of things i'd like to see change in the behavior of the club so if we can do that then i'll be happy with that and i think like you said as well ryan obviously i want to see us go and win every trophy next year but um see if it means that we'll have because we've been Pathetic in Europe over the last decades. Let's yeah. go, ourselves. Um, and even longer. So if we can get somebody in, and I don't expect this to be a Champions League club year in year out, but I tell you what, see with this third European competition starting, it will be unbelievably embarrassing if we get flung into that one year and get packed out. It that, that would just be um, really taking us to a level that we're that we should be higher than. So I think for me, if we get somebody in, you'd mentioned about Eddie Howe, how he likes a project somebody who's willing to come in and put the work in and really build a stature and um, an identity around the club again. So that's all I really hope for, and I'm confident we'll hear about that in the next couple of months, I'd imagine. And obviously yourself, Fitzy? I think long-term, just to echo what Beans has said, uh, short-term, I'd like to see us win the Scottish Cup this year. I think it would just be magic. I would like to see us uh, beat Rangers in two weeks' time and stop their unbeaten run as, run as well, but but the Scottish Cup would be magic. And obviously yourself, Robert, we all know that it's got a massive rebuild. Um, obviously, short term, obviously one of the Scottish Cup, I think, I think me and you are just really the same as Fitzy and Beans, just trying to be better and get it get it done and dusted by the start of the season, so we'll be building for next season. Definitely. I always are spot on with it, I said. Um, I just hope in the background there's a manager identified who's watching Celtic and saying, right, we can't announce them, say, till just say after the Rangers game, right, for instance. We announce, say, Eddie Howe 
and Eddie Howe's got four targets for players he wants. And then mm. as soon as the summer hits it, boom, 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 you've got four signings sitting there. Start of June, ready to be paraded. They hit the ground running because if we delay it and delay it and delay it, then it's going to cause more problems. Um, I'm hoping Dominic Mackay and Lawwell are working 24-7 behind the scenes to rectify what's needed at Celtic, but we don't know. I mean, this club's quite deafening, the silence that's come out at the now. They're quite good at promoting when they're doing well. When they're not doing well, they don't seem to be as vocal in the press and stuff. That's they just wish happy, isn't it? They wish happy birthday. Aye, they wish happy birthday, isn't that's about it? That's all they're doing now. <laughs> when I'm <something. laughs> I said, I know, oh, I know we've been on a bit longer, but it's just good to cover all these topics and get your opinions, Fitzy uh, Beans, because we could talk about Shelley Cordae. Meanwhile, what I'm saying is you can spend four hours on a podcast and just talk rubbish, but I think it's just good to get a bit of sense and a bit of, a bit of evaluation about a lot of topics. And again, I hope your, your podcast continues to grow, guys, because we're kind of good listens and I hope you continue to kind of get a lot of good guests on and Good luck in the future. Thanks, for coming, uh, for coming Thanks very much, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. It's been great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Robert, thanks again, mate, for coming on. And um, again, the Rangers game came up, so we'll have a kind of podcast, kind of come through the Rangers game, and hopefully some decent decent information comes out about us in the next kind of few days and a bit more positive notes. But again, Fitzy Beans, Robert, thanks for your time, lads. Hail, hail. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.